Radio Pulpit listeners, it is good to be with you on a Friday. I can't believe it is the end of the week. It is crazy how fast 2023 is going by. Um, It might be that I'm getting old. In fact, I'm fairly certain it's that I'm getting older. I remember days going by so slowly when I was like in my teens and uh, early 20s. And now life is just spinning by at a rate of knots. You are listening to Radio Pulpit, that is 657 AM, as well as Radio Cape Pulpit, that is 729 AM, with me, Mark Penrith. Your host today, I'm flying solo. Peter Smith is in Polokwane at Seminary Christ Baptist Seminary in Polokwane. I miss him when he is not around. He does all the interesting stuff like uh, a take on history, church history, and uh, organizes really good questions and answers and does all the podcasting. So I miss him when he is not here. I do hope that he is enjoying seminary this morning. He in all likelihood is listening in. So Peter, shout out to you. Who am I? You may well ask. I'm a husband of one wife, Liesl. I'm a father of three kids, Caitlin, Catherine, and Thomas, and I am a pastor at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. Maybe just to say to those who either listen in regularly or to those who are listening in for the first time and like what they are hearing, Table Talk is podcasted. Check out rono.fm or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts to listen, subscribe, rate, and review. (laughs) We are a live listener-engaged show. So, I mean, maybe just to say, guys, we weren't a live listener-engaged show last week. Uh, Last week, I wasn't in. We played kind of like the best of. Peter compiled uh, the top questions over the last while. Um, Everybody who often hosts the show, that's myself, Peter, um, Jabu Pule, and even my friend Rocky Stevenson uh, were busy last week, and so nobody could come into studio in order to host the show. And so he compiled a list of uh, listener questions and our answers. But this week we are live. Um, And we are a listener-engaged show, which means we need you to join in the conversation. We really need your questions and answers, uh, your interaction this morning. How might you engage with us, you ask? Well, you can phone into studio. Tomelo is standing by to take your calls. And the telephone number is, you might want to write this down, 012-334-334. One three two two. The great thing about phoning into the studio is I get to engage and interact with you, ask for clarifications in terms of the statement or the question that you are asking, um, and it it makes for great radio. It makes for great uh, talk. I, I enjoy that part of the show. And so the studio line to either call in a question or speak live on air is oh one two three three four. One three two two. I will drop that into the comments on Facebook. But maybe to say that is a way that you can engage with the show this morning. You can drop a comment on Facebook. We are presently live streaming to Radio Pulpit. That is the Radio Console Facebook page. And let me just say, if you are listening on Radio Pulpit, I see that we are starting to pick up uh, some listeners um, that are presently listening live. Now's a great time to like what you are listening and to share the stream what that does is it really enables us to reach a wider audience so thank you to everyone who does do that i see already that we have a comment from penny 
on on Facebook. Good morning, Solo Mark. Um, like uh, Mark Solo, Han Solo. <laughs> I like the idea of Mark Solo. Kind of like a not quite a Jedi, but but a swashbuckling pirate space. Um, <laughs> good morning, Solo Mark Penny writes and backup team. Uh, that's you, Tomelo. Um, great to be able to uh, be doing housework and listening to and watching you on Facebook. Looking forward to another great show, Penny. Me too. Um, get those questions rolling in. Looking forward to engaging with you, friends. If you drop a comment on Facebook, uh, we will see it here in studio. A great way to engage and interact with us. And then a third way that you can engage with the show this morning is by sending a voice note or a text message to either WhatsApp or to Telegram. The telephone number there is 082-657-2729. Should I repeat that for you? It's uh, WhatsApp and Telegram, and the telephone number is 082-657-2729. I've no doubt that Teresa is standing by to get his regular three questions, and we are looking forward to engaging and interacting with you, uh, Teresa. Um, you can also tweet if you are twit. Um, on at 657am. All platforms are live and we are waiting to engage with you listeners. On the controls this morning, pressing all the buttons, answering all the calls is our co-labor in this ministry. Tomelo, thank you so much. Good morning, brother. Hope that you enjoy the show as well. And this morning you are listening live on 657am radio uh, pulpit, 729am radio Cape pulpit, Facebook radio pulpit radio console, DSTV channel 882, OpenView channel 607, or possibly streaming from our website www.radiopulpit.co.za. Wherever you are tuning in, welcome. It is good to be spending Friday morning together with you. Now, guys, as I said, this is a this is a listener engaged show, so I need your Bible questions and answers in order to kick the conversation off. But failing that, I have got a couple of engagement conversations which uh, which Peter has listed down uh, that we might want to interact with. Um, uh, well, at least I can start interacting with um, uh, in order to start the conversation. You might be interested in this conversation. You might want to ask different questions of, and answers of your own. Uh, the, the questions that he set aside for today, and I think that they are really good, is how to couple a counsel that wants to get married, how to counsel a couple who wants to get married and what to do when you are struggling to pray what to do when you are struggling to pray listener it might be that you are presently struggling to pray it might be that you have been struggling to pray for a while um, it also might be that you are have a wonderful prayer life and uh, you would like to give some tips some engagements uh, about prayer I'd appreciate those it might be that you have some questions about prayer it might be that you have children or you are going to be getting married soon and you would like some interaction about counseling couples that are going to get married i'm about to drop 10 trip uh, 10 10 tips for a wonderful marriage now i'm only kidding um but how do you go about accessing counseling uh before you get married 
let's start off with the with the prayer conversation even as we say hello to ben uh, who's listening on apple and ben is from bloemfontein and engaged with us on whatsapp ben uh, great to have people from all over the country i mean we recognize that the radio pulpit audience is in bloemfontein in bloemhof and in benoni <laughs> three b's there you go um all over sunny south africa including beyond very frequently we have folk tuning in from south america from europe uh, and from other countries it's great to have all of you with us today um, and thank you for joining us on this Friday for a Bible Q&A show what to do when you struggle to pray I don't know about you listener but I certainly have in my Christian walk um, from time to time struggled to pray Um, I've gone through periods of spiritual drought where I have battled um, to find either the motivation or sometimes the time um, and sometimes because I'm in a sinful state the inclination to pray what do you do when you are struggling to pray I don't know if it's common to all people but as I pastor folk and as I counsel folk I think it's common to many that at some stage during our Christian walk we do battle in the area of prayer Here's a couple of ideas um, which come to mind as I am thinking of what I have done when I have struggled to pray and when I think of how I have counseled people who have struggled to pray. The first and I think most important thing to talk about is actually just the gospel. I mean, the reality is we speak to God out of hearts which have been won by God. It's very important that we have a relationship with God. Prayer isn't a set of rituals or a set of magic words that we say um, at specific times of the day in order to get what we want from a higher being or deity. Prayer is a conversation. It is a communion with a person that we know. It is part of just relating. I mean, you think of your relationships that are important to you in life, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a relationship with a child. The reality is those relationships are are built upon a um, uh, upon communication and prayer is a mechanism of communicating with God and so even as we come to the topic of struggling to pray I think we do need to start off with the gospel and how do we get into right communication with God well we hear that we are sinners and separated from God in actual fact at enmity with God, rebellious against God, no right to approach him or approach his throne and pray to him or communicate with him in any way, except for this, that God, while we were yet sinners, sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us. And in the death of Christ, we have a possibility of a restoration of relationship with God it is a most amazing thing not only that Jesus Christ rose from the grave in victory over death uh, ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of the father interceding that means praying on our behalf the call on our lives is to repent of our sin and cast ourselves not on our own work or on our own worthiness, but upon the finished work of Jesus Christ who died for our sins. When we get that right, we enter into a new relationship. In fact, according to the book of Romans chapter 8, we are told that the Holy Spirit is given to us and our very first prayer is a cry of Abba Father. 
that word Abba is the kinds of words that babies make as they approach their own human father. Um, Paul is saying that, that as we come to faith and trust in Jesus Christ, as the Holy Spirit is given to us, we have the ability to cry out to our God who is in heaven, a most remarkable thing. And so it's very important when we come to difficulty praying that we at least start with the gospel and recognize that we have the right to even approach the throne room as grace as children of the most high God if we are in the person of Jesus Christ if we placed our faith and trust in him and the Holy Spirit has been given to us and cries out from within us of this new adopted relationship that we have with God but I don't want to just stop there because I do believe that many believers struggle at times to pray in other words they've put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ but they go through periods where they languish in this most wonderful opportunity to commune with God. So what do we say to them? Well, the second thing that I would say then is to remember who you have both within you and who you have next to the Father. And that's a, that, that's, that comes out of that gospel proclamation which I already have spoken about. You have the Holy Spirit in you. In fact, that book of Romans, that chapter number 8, it talks about the Holy Spirit interpreting our prayers it talks about creation groaning under the fall under just the mess that we see around us i mean the world is a mess it doesn't matter if you're thinking of the climate or politics or just whatever it might be we hear of mess we hear of problems we hear of destruction and turmoil and tribulation everywhere where we look well it turns out that all creation is under that same curse and there's a sense poetically at least that creation is groaning for a change well the same way that creation is groaning for a change a restoration so too we groan and sometimes our groans are interpreted by the holy spirit within us and so sometimes as we are struggling to pray it might be because we don't know what to pray friend you have the holy spirit within you interpreting your prayers before the throne of god but not only that you have jesus christ our high priest at the side of the father making intercession for us the whole point of a prophet was a prophet spoke to God's people on behalf of God the whole point of a priest is a priest speaks to God on behalf of his people Jesus Christ is our high priest and he is speaking to God on our behalf making intercessions for us we have the Holy Spirit in us praying for us we have Jesus Christ next to the Father praying for us friends when we are struggling with prayer we can rest in the Spirit of God and the Son of God to make intercessions for us let me give you a, a third reality that I think of when I think of struggling with prayer and that's that of Scripture I really believe part of the reasons why we struggle with prayer is because we don't know how to pray what we ought <laughs> and we would know a whole lot better how to pray what to pray and when to pray if we spent more time in God's Word and looking at the prayers of God's Word now scripture is rich with prayer we could look at the prayers of Paul in most of his epistles he has moments where he prays for the church that he is writing to and his prayers are rich and they are dynamic and they are God glorifying and they are encouraging to the listeners who read them 
but maybe also to say that uh, we have an entire book of prayer. Uh, it's a book of song, but many of the songs are prayers to God Almighty. And I'm talking about the Psalms here. The Psalms are filled with rich prayers of people who cry out to God, sometimes in the most desperate situations of life. Other times when they are experiencing the greatest joys of life. Sometimes when they are offering thanks to God, sometimes when they are raising petition and supplication and making their requests known to God. But the book of Psalms is a rich mechanism that believers have to go through in order to interact with God's word and see how believers through the ages have prayed to Almighty God. Are you struggling with prayer? Because that's really the question that we're asking. Can I encourage you to go and read God's word? Go and read the the prayers of Solomon or go and read the prayers of Moses. I, I think of the prayers of Moses at the end of the book of Deuteronomy where he talks about who God is and he talks about what God has done. He, he talks about what God has done with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm bringing God's people out of Egypt. And he talks about who God is, um, majestic and mighty, strong, uh, a God of covenant, uh, an almighty God. Moses prayed about who God is and what God has done and how we should therefore reflect worship to him and live lives to his praise and glory and prayers which are well worth pondering on. God's word is rich with prayer. If you are struggling to pray, if you don't know the words to pray, spend time in God's word and learn from other saints, which really raises the next point. And I'm kind of saying these as they come to me um but the next one is is really learn from god's people um it's true the bible is a rich source of prayer to us but i have been greatly encouraged by spending time with older saints uh, older than i mean i'm already old <laughs> i was in a bible study last night and all the young adults and by young adults i mean i mean people in their 20s hung around and eventually i got to a stage where i had to go to bed and i invited them to go home and uh and i was reminded that i am getting old but let's just let's just go with mid-aged okay i'm i'm 45 46 in that region i think my wife would probably say i'm 47 she's more accurate when it comes i round down she rounds up um but but let's say i'm mid-aged I've received much benefit from hanging around people who are older than me, not just age-wise, but older than me in the faith, and listening to their prayers. And I can name a number of people in my life that have been that have greatly impacted the way I pray. I think of Molly Stead, um, who who is in her 80s and um, when Molly prays uh, she prays to a God whose presence she has felt and has walked alongside of her for many years and, and I love listening to Molly's prayers they they are at once simple um, uh, but they have a a richness about them a depth of relationship about them that I aspire to I, I think of uh, another man who's older than me uh, Les um, from Central Baptist Church in Pretoria uh, when Les prays um, I smile. He, he's very practical in his prayers. He prays for people and he prays for the tasks that are in front of us. Um, but again, his prayers flow from a person who's been praying to God for many, many years. He encourages me to pray more. If you are struggling to pray, hang out with people that pray more than you. Can I encourage you to join 
the prayer service before your Sunday morning service. Um, most churches have something of a prayer team that probably gathers for an hour or half an hour before the service. If you would like to learn how to pray, join that group. If you're in that group, can I encourage you to keep your prayers to like a minute or two at a time and pray for a specific thing one at a time so that those who are young in the faith can hear specific prayers, pray to Almighty God and can learn how to petition God both for Sunday services but also for the needs of the people within your community. Let me give you another way. I think we're on five or six now. Let me give you another mechanism that can help you to learn how to pray. Now, these are two, uh, three books that I have engaged with over the years. The first book is, um, is actually one of my top three books that I've ever read in my entire life. It's called Valley of Vision. Um, Valley of Vision is a collection of Puritan prayers. It is a beautiful book. It is thematic, so each prayer is on a specific theme. It covers a variety of Puritans from John Owen and Thomas Watson and um, and various different other Puritans. It doesn't attribute the prayers to the specific Puritans, but rather is a collection out of their writings and out of their prayers compiled to the topics by the author. It is a fantastic book. It's a very useful book for corporate. In fact, I'm going to give you four resources to go and check out of uh, of folk that have uh, that are long departed. Um, but Valley of Vision, I'd put at the top in terms of learning how to pray in a devotional way. The second resource that I would point you to is, I think it's MatthewHenry.org. MatthewHenry.org. Dot org matthewhenry.org let's see I'm, I'm trying to call it up on my pc while we wait here yes this is matthew henry's method for prayer now matthew henry was a very well-known commentator on all of the bible um a, a very useful devotional puritan commentator and um, well worth reading uh, from time to time i've certainly consumed him much over the years but in actual fact whilst his commentary is good his little booklet on prayer, which is an, an assembly of prayers on specific topics, um, working through adoration, confession, supplication, and petition, I find even more useful than his commentary. Um, and they are captured on MatthewHenry.org, both in the first person, so prayers I may make either for myself as an individual or individually on behalf of others, or corporate prayers so that uh, you can immediately go from the first person to the third person and speak in we and ours um, and use the various different verses that he has collected in and uh, and attributed to various different prayers through God's word. It is a fabulous resource from a believer who has long since expired. The third resource that I'd like to point you to um, is again a collection of Puritan prayers. It's a collection that was made by an author named Tim Chester and I've realized that I have forgotten Tim Chester's Puritan prayers. Um, I've forgotten the, the, the title of of the book. I think it might be At the Throne of Grace. No, Into His Presence by Tim Chester. And so that is a second collection of Puritan prayers. If you have a copy of Banner of Vision, of Banner of Vision, of Valley of Vision, which is published by banner of truth if you've got a copy of that i commend to you tim chester's into his presence in fact 
I liked both of those books so much that uh, this past Christmas I invited some folk to our house, some young single men that I think have potential in terms of church leadership, and I gave them my copies of Value of Vision, and I gave them my copy of uh, Into His Presence, and uh, yeah, basically entrusted it to them, um, hoping that they will grow from exposure to those prayers, those two prayer books. So that's Value of Vision and Into His Presence by Tim Chester, together with the website MatthewHenry.org. And then the fourth book on prayer that I found most helpful is Before the Throne of Grace. I think that's the title, and it's by John MacArthur. Again, a collection of prayers, a helpful devotional study of praying. The truth is that prayer isn't easy. It is a discipline. It is something that we are to discipline ourselves to do. It is something that we are to do. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. We find a command to pray. I'm thinking particularly of Philippians chapter 4. I'm just going to go make sure that that is a command. Um, Or do not be anxious. There definitely is a command. And we to respond to do not be anxious by praying with all things. And giving supplication to Jesus Christ. Who will keep our hearts and our minds. Um, But but we, we are told to pray we are told to pray for one another it's one of the one another verses um, and, and so as we aspire to pray more as we realize that we might be languishing in this area can I encourage you to go to heroes who have passed before us Matthew Henry the Puritans uh, heroes who are in our congregation praying faithfully uh, every Sunday go to your church's prayer meetings and um, God's word read the book of Psalms go and read in the New Testament the various different New Testament prayers including Jesus Christ's prayer um, as he prays to the Father and teaches his disciples to pray um, I, I, I encourage you to dwell on the fact that we have the Holy Spirit within us making intercession to the Father. We have Jesus Christ next to the Father making intercessions for us and encourage you to remind you that we have entered into this relationship with God the Father and therefore we have the ability to make supplication, petitions, thanksgiving, confessions and adoration to him um, because of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great question. What to do when you struggle to pray. I have no doubt that you have maybe one or two things that I haven't thought of. Um, I'd encourage you to send those in. I'd love to engage uh, with what you say as well. And then on the question, how to counsel a couple that wants to get married. I'm going to offer you a resource and I'm going to offer you some advice. Number one, if you would like to get married, My advice is this, go and seek out your Bible teaching pastor who can open up God's word and explain to you what God's word says about marriage, about fighting, about finance within the context of marriage, about children, about in-laws, about all the things that you are going to struggle with. Go and find a, a Bible teaching pastor that can help you within this area of counseling. Um, so that would be my advice. And then the resource that I'd, that I'd point you to um, uh, is, a re- is two resources, actually. Both are written by the same author. That's Wayne Mack. Uh, Wayne Mack uh, is a very well-known biblical counselor and, uh, and, and author on a wide range of topics. But two resources of his that I've found particularly helpful over the years. The one is Strengthening Your Marriage, which is 
primarily aimed at people that are already married, but certainly contains elements that would be helpful to those who are considering marriage. And then a second resource, which is just of infinite value for those who are pursuing marriage, and that is um, preparing for marriage um, by Wayne Mack. It is a fairly thick book. I think it would probably be available at Augustine Bookram. Um, fairly thick book. Um, and it contains um, very short chapters, very short chapters, and then very long surveys, which you and your future spouse go through um, and then get to interact on a host of issues. The advantage of it is, is that you really go into marriage with your eyes wide open, understanding um, your partner's expectations in all kinds of areas, understanding your partner's experience in all kinds of areas. Um, I would certainly um, encourage uh, folk uh, to go and take a look at Preparing for Marriage God's Way um, by the author Wayne Mack, and it's a step-by-step guide um, for those who are uh, seeking a success before and after the wedding. Second question, I think, is a great question and very pertinent, I've no doubt, to many of you. Um, This would make, by the way, a great present to a friend or to a family member who is who is in the process of getting married um, uh, and I, I would encourage uh, that particular resource um, to those kinds of people they certainly would benefit from it a couple of interactions that have come in since we started talking uh, listening to the silence because the signs are always there um, says uh, Mang, uh, thank you so much for the engagements um, uh, thank you for the engagement. I'm sure that is related to prayer. Appreciate that. And then Anthony um, uh, specifically asks for a prayer uh, that I certainly will commit to the Lord uh, when I am driving home in my car. Uh, we do see the shout outs from Tomasi as well as Andre as well. Friends, you are listening to Radio Pulpit this morning and you are listening to a live Bible Q&A show. We are interacting and engaging around your questions. I would encourage you to send them in. How can you send in your Bible question and answers? Well, Tomelo is standing by, ready to take your call, and the studio line is 012-334-1322. And so if you'd like to phone in and speak to me live on air, or phone and speak to a person and relay your question, you can do so on that number. You can drop a comment on Facebook. That is the Radio Pulpit Radio Console Facebook page. We are presently live streaming. If you drop a comment there, I will see it in studio. And you can send a voice note or a telegram to our WhatsApp number. And the telephone number there is 082-657-2729. Really do appreciate and enjoy engaging with you. Uh, Maybe to remind you that uh, if you are listening on any of our social media, I know that we are live streaming to YouTube as well. Uh, It's great to have you on YouTube. Uh, We appreciate your likes and we appreciate your shares. Thank you to each and every one of you who engage with the show and support the show um, by sharing the and engaging on the various different interactions uh, that we have. Um, let's go to a 
A second, uh, a, a, another question, uh, what Christian books are you currently reading uh, or something that you are enjoying and learning from presently right now? So in terms of Christian books that I'm presently reading, I'm, I'm actually not right now reading anything from a specific author. Um, so I, I haven't uh, picked up a book uh, from, a, from an author um, outside of the Bible this month. I've been focusing on both uh, the New Testament, reading the book of Acts, as well as the Old Testament, reading the book of 1 Samuel. Um, and I'm going to be moving into the book of 2 Samuel. I'm trying to read both of those books uh, as much as possible at the moment as part of my own preparation process. And I'm thinking of engaging in the next week on a Bible read, reading one book a week in order to prep for a Bible study which happens on a Thursday, uh, reading one book a week where I basically uh, deliver the main theme, the main characters, the main kind of uh, idea in an entire book um, as well as applications that we can learn from an entire book to a Bible study which gathers in Constantia Park on Thursdays. Uh, maybe just to say it was kind of cool this past week uh, we had a listener who joined us at a Bible study which gathers on Wednesdays in Arcadia that I'm involved in and um, uh, really cool to get uh, engagement. Two listeners joined for that Bible study. Uh, lovely when listeners uh, find a place where they can find some Christian um, fellowship as well as some Bible study and it was great to have folks uh, join us on Wednesday. Uh, shout out to um, to those folk. So, what Christian books are you currently reading? Well, I'm re- reading a book that was written by Luke, um, called the Book of Acts, and I'm reading a book that was written by Samuel the prophet. Uh, in terms of one Samuel and two Samuel, uh, excellent books, and I commend them to everyone for reading pleasure and enjoyment. Um, Maybe to say something that I'm enjoying learning from both of those books. Um, From the book of Acts, I I have thoroughly enjoyed seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in the establishment and the propagation of the church. I've loved seeing the way that the Holy Spirit baptizes and fills believers at the point of salvation. I've been reading Acts chapter 19 in particular over this last week and uh, I loved seeing the way um, that the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples of John the Baptist um, as they are baptized. The Holy Spirit um, baptizes them um, and how believers are, are filled and given the Spirit. Um, that obviously sinks into a very long Bible study which came to an end this week where I've been studying Romans chapter 8 where we see the Holy Spirit given as a deposit um, at the point of our salvation and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, basically assuring us of salvation and working out salvation internally within us. And so I've certainly enjoyed um, that engagement and interaction. And then um, in the book of Samuel, um, well, the book of Samuel's got some really, really dark parts, but it also has this this thread of promise in it. Um, so 
darkness in terms of Saul and uh, and his descent into chaos, lightness in terms of David, the the promised king of Israel, and his ascent into being a a man after God's own heart and the way that he loves God's way, um, and the way that God promises that through him will come one who will have a throne that will just be an eternal throne. Uh, it will it will it will be forever and ever a pointer, obviously, to Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Um, I've loved the the contrast between those two characters um, within Samuel's writings and how the one points us to a warning and to stay away from a love for this world um, and a love for the things of this world and the other points us um, as a commendation uh, to a love for God and a love for the things of God. Hey, make no mistake, David wasn't a saint. He messed up in so many ways. And it is helpful to remember that even the Christian heroes, even the, the heroes of the faith, the guys that made the hall of fame in the book of Hebrews, um, even the heroes of the faith were at best human in the ways that they sinned. And yet they had faith in a promise that was to come in the Old Testament and a promise which has arrived in the New, that being Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I love those things about God's Word. Ah, I guess I am rereading a book uh, now that I remember. Um, so once a week on a, on a Tuesday, we uh, engage with a chapter out of Dane Ortland's book, Gentle and Lonely, uh, and not lonely, <laughs> and lowly, uh, which is a book which really um, engages with the person of Jesus Christ um, and helps us to look upon him in terms of uh, aspects of his character, uh, both himself and God, um, uh, that are uh, loving and merciful um, and how Jesus is um, with us uh, sinners. A lovely book to interact with and engage with. I certainly have enjoyed that, uh, Dane Ortland's book. In fact, he, he writes like an old school writer. I often comment and um, commend uh, Puritan writers. When I read Dane Ortland, I see something of that uh, in his writing styles, and I have really, really enjoyed it. Um, I do see a um, uh, uh, an opportunity uh, to engage on another question. And so uh, the favorite attribute or characteristic of God uh, and why? Um, what is my favorite attribute or characteristic of God and why? Now, it's kind of a trick question, um, and I'll tell you why. It's theologically tricky to talk of a favorite attribute of God because God isn't kind of an assembly of attributes in the way that we think of maybe a bicycle. A bicycle is made up of parts, right? It's made up of a wheel and it's made up of a steering wheel and it's made up of a little bell that can go tring tring and it's made up of brakes and it's made up of a frame. A bike is made up of many attributes. It's got many parts. God isn't like that. God isn't made up of parts. God isn't made up of part love, part holiness, part sovereignty, part wrath, part jealousy, part whatever it might be. No, no. God is perfect. 
Um, and he is infinite in all of his attributes. Um, it is right to say that God is love, but it's no less right to say that God is holy, or God is sovereign, or God is just, or God is righteous, very much attached to that word just. The, the reality is God isn't one attribute, or one attribute doesn't outshine the rest. Rather, all of God's attributes are perfections, and they work together uh, in not in tension with one another, but in unity with one another. Um, he is not an assembly of attributes, like you could pick out one attribute which you think is favorable, like God is love and I like that we have a loving God, because you would end up diminishing possibly another one of his attributes, like God is wrath. Um, he hates sin. In fact, uh, Psalm 5 verse 5 says he doesn't just hate sin, but he, he hates sinners. What do you do with that if you believe that God is love to the nth degree? No, what you need to do is gaze on a God who is fully love and a God who is fully holy and a God who is fully just and each one of those attributes work together in unity in a God who is one, uh, one God in three persons. But I do find that different attributes of God, even though they are perfect and even though it is unwise to lift one above another, different attributes of God, um, let's say, appeal or work um, in one's heart or in one's experience in a moment of time in different ways. And so I remember uh, about 25 years ago when I was sitting under the preaching of God's word and I was exposed to the reality that God was sovereign and I shook in fear because I recognized that a sovereign God who was a holy God <laughs> would have absolutely no time for me a wretched sin and I I, I, I shook literally in fear at the thought of the peril that I was in. At that moment, the attributes of holiness and sovereignty were applied to my heart in a way which was very, very helpful because it reminded me of the gospel, that Jesus died for my sins and that he rose from the grave and that I was to cast myself upon Christ. In fact, my tears of fear, because I was actually, I mean, I was in a church service, there was probably about 20 people, it was a very muted affair, but there was Mark <laughs> crying out um, <laughs> very loudly uh, in, in literal fear uh, of this sovereign and holy God. But my tears of fear turned into tears of joy as God's love and God's mercy and God's grace was applied to my heart in the form of the gospel in the person of Jesus Christ as I confessed my sin and cast myself completely upon the person of Christ. Surely the sovereignty of God has been a balm to my heart at times when I, from a human perspective, have been in great turmoil, but I've been able to pray to a God who I was certain was not. He was sovereign and he was seated on his throne even though it felt like my world was falling apart. I remember a time about five or six years ago when there was an armed robbery, an invasion in my home. Um, about, uh, in fact, the details, it's so interesting how, how our memory fades. At the time, I thought it was an overwhelming event in my heart. At the time, the, the event absolutely overwhelmed me. There must have been about five guys. They, they held up and tied up the family for about half an hour as they ransacked and searched the house uh, and then fled after threatening our lives. Uh, it was a time of incredible 
um, a turmoil for everyone in the house. Um, myself, my wife, my children um, were all there. I remember um, crawling over Thomas to shield him um, just because I, I feared for our lives and I feared for his life. And I remember the weeks after that, I was in absolute turmoil. I, I kept on thinking, what if this, what if that? Should I have done this? Should I have done that? What if I had have done this and, and we ended up dying? Uh, or, you know, the, the kids were 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 were, were affected, uh, harmed bodily, and all kinds of things spun through my mind. It was incredibly traumatic, not just in the event, but also after the event. But I remember in my prayers over that time, taking comfort in my knowledge, which came from Scripture in this, that God is sovereign. Even though my world was presently in turmoil and I was having to engage with the realities of living in a world which is fallen and full of trials and tribulation and distress and darkness and sin, both my own and that which is caused against me, I, I, I took confidence to know that God was still seated on his throne and his promises in Christ were yes and amen. Again, I'm remembering Romans chapter 8. I, I do want to encourage you to go and check out Romans chapter 8. It is the most amazing chapter of scripture. But in Romans chapter uh, eight, we are reminded in verse 28 that God works out all things for the good of those who love him, for our good and ultimately for his glory's sake. Um, I could hold on to that, even though I didn't understand why this had to happen to us. I didn't understand at the time um, uh, what good could possibly come from it. Um, but I could hold on to the fact that God has revealed himself as being good and that Ultimately, things would work out for the good. Now, God has been faithful to his promise. Um, I believe that that promise, by the way, rests in eternity to come, not in temporal things. He is writing to a people in Romans chapter 8 that would experience distress and suffering and nakedness and famine and peril and even sword. So he was writing to a people that were experiencing the kinds of distress for their faith that we sometimes experience just living in South Africa. But but even in writing that, he could say that ultimately these things will work out for the good, that, that we will be saved, that our, our salvation rests not in, um, not in our um, staying, um, uh, uh, sorry, our, our salvation rests or can't be thwarted um, by these trials and tribulations which come against us, that he has sovereignly ordained that we will be saved and we can take confidence in that. And surely the right response to that is all glory to God. So favorite attribute or characteristic of God and why? I would say that my favorite attribute or characteristic of God is dependent on what I'm experiencing both in life and what I'm exposed to in terms of understanding from his word as I apply what I know of God um, uh, to the experiences of day to day. But I am cognizant that I don't want to lift God out of who he is, united in all of his perfections, to make him one perfection because it diminishes something of God. If we only make him love and all of his other perfections subject to love, or if we only make him holy and all of his other perfections subject to his holiness. Maybe also just to say that um, that when it comes to the perfections of, of God, there is a tendency to do that, um, to make one or other perfections 
ascend or qualities ascend or attributes ascend and therefore uh, the others to descend and become subject to that and when we do that we have a distorted version of God and I would encourage you the the way to remedy that is to sit under sound biblical teaching and um, preferably exposition which goes through verse by verse book by book through God's word I was reading Isaiah chapter 28 this week in actual fact I think it's verse 11 and 12 um, uh, where it talks about precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. This is how we access God's word best um, as we go through God's word. If you if you sit under preaching, which is expository, expositional, and verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, you don't end up with the preacher's hobby horses, so the same sermon week in and week out or iterations thereof. Rather, you get to engage with the whole of God's word over time and placing the emphasis where God's word places emphasis. Um, And then secondly, uh, read God's word, memorize God's word, memorize what God says about himself in God's word, right from the first chapter of Revelation to the last, uh, first chapter of Genesis to the last chapter of Revelation. I do want to read uh, from Anali. Uh, thank you so much for writing and I was listening to Table Talk in the car. Someone asked about pre-marriage counseling. My husband and I do marriage preparation courses at our house in Rudaput. Um and uh, certainly that is a major um, uh, opportunity. Uh, believers who love God who are devoted to God's word and devoted to God's people doing marriage preparation classes. It doesn't have to be a pastor, um, but you are looking for somebody who is mature in the faith, someone who knows God's word. Um, It's very helpful if that someone is a couple uh, that can give you both the husband's perspective and the wife's perspective and engage with you guys at the heart level and engage with you guys at the reality um, of life level so that you can interact um, and uh, and so that you can ask questions and you can be prepared for what is coming next because marriage marriage isn't easy it's two sinners living in close proximity for the rest of their lives um, it is um, in um, it, it, yeah it, it, it isn't easy and yet it can be so beautiful and it can point the world to the relationship between Jesus Christ and his church and so I would encourage you to uh, to to find a couple or find a pastor or find a church which engages in some kind of formalized marriage preparation Friends, we're coming up for the top of the hour. I see it is um, three minutes to nine. I, again, just want to say thank you to everyone who has been interacting on the show this morning. Um, we are going to be going to a song break and finding out if after the song break we may or may not be back. But we will now be listening to Your Love uh, your love. Oh, we'll be listening to I Am by J.D. Crossan featuring Siba. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> 